0: It's time to meet your team. Welcome the team of kicking and streaming. First, standing at five foot seven, serving as a towering civil servant, the Maxwell Middle School 2008 Geography Bee Champion, Ross McMichael. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. And the captain of kicking and streaming, standing at five foot four inches voted most likely to peak in college Carrie McMichael (laughs) (laughs) it's fine it's fine I'm living the dream now Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we are not sponsored by McDonald's. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week, we are covering the 1996 live-action animated sports comedy, Space Jam. Come on and slam! If you, you want to jam. jam! Oh my Come god! Come on and slam! If you want to you want a jam Guys, welcome to March Madness, I guess I mean, this would be the time They'd be, they'd be getting mad about March, right? <laughs> yeah Those basketball people We were gonna do a couple of basketball movies this month But in the end, we decided that this was enough Can't bring ourselves to do Hoosiers <laughs> No, we can't Can't bring ourselves to do it it's a fine film, but um, I'm not ready for Ms. Jean Hackman again. We're more of the loony variety, anyhow. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, <sighs> it, we're, it, we're not four minutes in. <laughs> Before we get started, don't forget go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K I C K N S T R E A M. You can write the show with suggestions, comments, at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an ant. Not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet. We want everyone to be able to join this watch party. I kind of feel like I still have my announcer voice on. A little bit. (laughs) Welcome to Kicking and Streaming. (laughs) Today we are talking about a movie based on an ad campaign. Oh, God, I can't wait. All right, let's get to it. When the world's greatest athlete, Michael Jordan...
1: Teams up with the world's best loved cartoon character, Bugs Bunny. You won't believe your eyes. Pardon me, Mr. Jordan. Can I have your audit? audit uh, Your John Hancock. What's going on here? We need your help! You heard it, the dream team. Well, we're the mean team. Ready? Yeah. Done. Yeah. You kick it in here. You Fail. go to the hole Fail. and dominate. We own defense? Oh yeah. Whoa! Ho, ho.
0: I don't play defense.
1: Warner Brothers presents Jordan, Bucks. Bunny,
0: Special Delivery.
1: Together, they just might save the world. Space Jam. You've never seen anything like it. <laughs>
0: So yeah guys, if you heard before the trailer, this movie that so many of us are so fond of from our childhood, this entire movie was based on a ad campaign. What? Yeah. So, like, if you don't know who Michael Jordan is, let me congratulate you on your first visit to Earth. He is, like, one of the the most famous basketball players of all time. A shoe bearing his name, the Air Jordans, or the the Jays, whatever you want to call them. Like, guys, this shoe, if you were alive in the 90s and you were a teenager, you probably wanted a pair of Jordans. Like, it rose to the level of a cultural icon. Like, you'd go to a shop and you'd ask for a pair of Jordans and they'd be like, we've out for weeks bro Wow! and like Michael Jordan I mean listen I'm gonna say at the top we're not basketball people we're not authority on who is the best basketball player of all time or anything like that to those of you sport folks you know I'm sure he means a lot I mean, damn, (laughs) it's Michael Jordan. Right? Like, but you know, the only thing, have you ever seen him play? Like, have you ever watched a Bulls game? I've never watched a Bulls game, no. I only know, Carrie, I know Michael Jordan from this. Yes. And that's mostly it. And commercials, right? No, because you've never seen him with that horrible little soul patch in a Hanes underwear commercial. I probably wasn't. Old enough to remember, I mean, he is a fine looking man. (laughs) That's what I, that's where my interest peaks in Michael Jordan. He's a fine looking man. He had product deals with McDonald's, Wheaties, Nike, you name it. The LeBron. Yes. He's the LeBron of the 90s people. Absolutely. Or that LeBron is the Michael of our time. Yeah, that is mean, That that would be more appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Like, guys, we're going to get a sequel to this movie soon starring LeBron James. Space Jam. A new legacy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, again... It's coming out this summer, guys. I know. I'm really <laughs> jazzed about it. We're going to have to give you an update. Because, like like I said, we don't know anything about sports, but I can tell you that the LeBron thing kind of makes sense to me. Like, my favorite flavor of Bubblicious ever, the pink lemonade flavor had LeBron on the package. My favorite flavor of Bubblicious is LeBron. Yes. <laughs> Basically, we're kind of just getting a fictionalization of Michael Jordan's return to basketball with Looney Tunes added in? It sounds ridiculous, right? Okay, so in 1992, there were a couple of ad campaigns for Air Jordans, all right? And the commercial itself was called Hair Jordan, where, like, Bugs Bunny is trying to take- (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Hair Jordan- Bugs Bunny's like trying to take a nap under a basketball court and he pops up to see what all the noise is about. And here comes Michael Jordan, Swishin' and Dunkin'. And like, it was a, such a popular ad campaign and people, I don't think ad people really anticipated that. I think they thought that they were kind of getting a deal by using a antiquated intellectual property like Looney Tunes to sell something. But it was such a successful ad campaign. They were like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Could we make a movie out of this? My God. And damn it, they did. Like, I don't know. Here's the thing. Is this a good movie? I'm not really sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I guess it must be good because we used to watch this shit all the time. You've got the sports people with Michael. You've got the kids with the Looney Tunes. And then you watch it as an adult and you're like, what made me What made me love this? We were not sporty children either. No, we weren't. Not like, I was in baseball. I used to kind of like baseball. I never got... We went to an Indians game maybe once or twice. Yep. You know what I mean? I, I can remember going to a Pacers game when I was little. But like, there's something about this movie that it's just like, even though we're not sports people, like, the movie makes us want to play basketball for it, no reason. It's the song, the tunes, and Michael Jordan. Yeah. That's it. This was the first movie that was shot principally on a virtual stage. Really? Yeah, like, we've just got Michael Jordan in, in the scenes where it's animated. We've got Michael Jordan in a giant green screen room just moving around a bunch of people in matching green morph suits. Yeah, it's pretty evident throughout the film what he just kind of kind of did in one or two takes. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's listen, none of the professional athletes in this movie have any acting chops, but it's fine. The, the, They're just here playing themselves. Yeah, there's probably just like a 4-hour B-roll sitting somewhere of all these NBA <laughs> players just in front of green screens saying lines. Exactly. You know, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. We did this film on 80 million dollars, which ugh, <laughs> when I think about $80 million in 1996? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> All the money. <laughs> All that money. But, Gary, we have a $180 million profit. Which is just, it's just insane. I'm glad they made that much money. Because, you know what I was thinking about before we came down here? Mm. I was wondering okay, so basketball players, professional basketball players are probably really expensive. When you're hiring them to play basketball, right? Yeah. Are they as expensive when you have them trying to act in a movie? You better believe. <laughs> oh, man. You better believe. Some of you may remember the iconic website for Space Jam. It's, I say iconic because you can still view it. What? You can still view the original website in its original form on the internet. And guys, it's like being in a museum. Drop that link. I am gonna Oh, my God. Guys, I'm looking at it right now. It legitimately... Oh, my God. All the text is in Times New Roman. Oh, my God. All the buttons are just images that you can click on. This is great. (laughs) Cast bio. Oh, see? (laughs) Look at that. Is this how you did your research? Yes. Oh, my God. Just everything in Times New Roman and using Flash. This is amazing. (laughs) This is a legitimate time capsule. Oh, my God. There's a the way you can navigate it on the side. (laughs) Guys, please, if you're listening, click the link. (laughs) It's too good. (laughs) God. You might have guessed it, but we have names. Okay. Arianna suggested that she take over. We've got names this week. No, it's just a lot, and I just want to fire through it quickly. And you know I like talking about everyone. I know. So let's do the real humans first, all right? Are you suggesting that the Looney Tunes are fictional? <laughs> yes! <laughs> okay. Yes, I, I am. Mean, I get it. I get it. We have a lot of people in this movie playing fictionalized versions of themselves, and I just love that in movies. Mm-hmm. First, standing at six foot six, five-time NBA MVP, six-time NBA champion and recipient of the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Wow. Shooting guard for the Chicago Bulls, Mr. Michael Jordan, or or his royal airness. Oh, HRA. <laughs> yes. HRA. He's obviously our athlete vehicle star in this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie, guys, I mean, I don't know if I need to necessarily say what this movie's about but seriously this is about the looney tunes recruiting michael jordan to help them win a basketball game against aliens who want to enslave them please don't be looking for acting prowess from (laughs) michael jordan none of them have any acting chops but that's fine it's not what they're paid to do it's what makes the movie the movie it kind of (laughs) does Next, we have, I believe in his first kicking and streaming appearance, Mr. Wayne Knight. That can't be right. I think this is the first time we've covered a movie that he's been in. You know what? You might be right. He's playing Stan Podolak, Michael Jordan's fictional uh, publicist, assistant, personal assistant. (laughs) You know him, of course, from Seinfeld. He played Newman on Seinfeld. (laughs) He was on Third Rock from the Sun. He plays that jackass in Jurassic Park that's trying to get the embryos off the island. He really, this really is his first kicking and streaming appearance. Yeah. Wow. And don't forget, he is the voice of Mr. Al McWiggin in Toy Story 2. He's also Tantor in Tarzan. Yeah. (laughs) You never think of that, but he is. We have... Mr. Bill Murray, who is playing himself. What the hell? In this movie. Here's the thing Bill Murray, I think they offered him the role of Detective Eddie Valiant in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And he passed because that sounds ridiculous, mm-hmm. right? But then that movie was so cool. And when they offered him this, he was like, oh, hell yeah, we're going to do this. Right now, exactly, and like you know him, folks. He was in Groundhog Day, Ghostbusters, Little Shop, Caddyshack, and of course his famed tenure on Saturday Night Live. This poor black woman who is basically the only woman, the only human woman in the story. Uh, yeah, guys, this film does not pass the Bechtel test. No, it sure does not. <laughs> we have Ms. Teresa Randall as Juanita Jordan, Michael Jordan's fictional wife. Does she speak? Does she have any lines? She does. She does. She has a couple lines at the beginning and a couple lines at the end when he comes back. So this is a fictional family. Yes. It is a fictional family. We also have his kids. I didn't write the name of the kid actors down, but the name... I don't know if his wife's name is actually Juanita... But they use all the names of his real-life kids. (laughs) Larry Bird is here for some reason? Who's your alert? Former power forward for the Boston Celtics, Larry Bird, everybody. Guys, Gaffin actually grew up down the street from Larry Bird. Yeah, like, they, they lived in the same neighborhood. He went to school with his daughter. Now let's talk about this legendary voice cast. First things first. We've got a return player this week. Didn't think he'd be back so soon. Guys, he was just with us last week. Mr. Danny DeVito as Mr. Swackhammer. The Danny DeVito character. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, he plays the owner of Moron Mountain. What a name. You obviously know him from last week in Big Fish, Matilda... Junior, Twins, we've talked about Danny DeVito many, many times. He might be coming up on Bill Pullman as the person who's been in the most movies we've covered. Oh, yeah. Who is our kicking and streaming MVP? Ooh, I wonder if a very devoted fan would be willing to answer that question. Corey, you still listening? (laughs) There's no way he's still making that map. I know. Corey was trying to make a map of how all the movies we've covered are related. But, Corey, if you've got that data, I'd be very interested. (laughs) The thing about the Looney Tunes folks is that when they were originally producing these cartoons, a voice actor named Mel Blanc... He was it for the voice cast on Looney Tunes. He did all the voices. He was legendary. So Mel Blanc obviously died years before this movie was made. And his son, Noel, had kind of taken up the mantle as the new voice of the Looney Tunes. Mm -hmm. But they couldn't get a contract that they could agree on. So they kind of had to scramble for some replacements. Replacements, I will add, that are still some of these voices today. First, as one of the most recognizable cartoon characters in western culture, we have Mr. Billy West voicing Bugs Bunny. I love Billy West. I am inclined to think that Billy West is the Mel Blanc of our time, but you know, there are there are other options for that. He's also voicing Elmer Fudd in this movie. You guys know Billy West from things like Futurama. He's the voice of Doug and of both Ren and Stimpy. He's also in a lot of ad campaigns as well. Imagine. He's the voice of the red M&M and of the honeybee from Honey Nut Cheerios. You're telling me a Honey Nut these Cheerios? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that. (laughs) And then next we have- Hold on. Oh, Carrie. What? Do I look like the yellow M&M? (laughs) Carrie Ah! no (laughs) no no sweetheart no you do not thank you for (laughs) saying it thank you for saying it I just think that who told you you looked like the yellow M&M okay Hannah tweeted Ross is the embodiment of yellow (laughs) and then I replied with like a picture of Winnie the Pooh looking at his tummy in the mirror (laughs) and I said this is my final form (laughs) And then someone else somebody else replied with a picture of the yellow M&M. and <laughs> the <laughs> And I'm like, Huh? Anyway. Oh that's great. Let's go on. That's fantastic. All right, next in our legendary voice lineup, we have D. Bradley Baker as Daffy Duck. He's been with us before. He has. What was that? He was in Cats Don't Dance. That's right. As additional voices. Yes. (laughs) Guys, that's the thing. He's the one that does the impression of the baby crying that you can't stand. Yeah. Like this grown man and his ability to make baby noises. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, guys, name a children's cartoon. He's worked on it. Yeah. Angry Beavers, Dexter's Lab, Powerpuff Girls, SpongeBob, Fairly Odd Parents, Phineas and Ferb, Steven Universe, The Legend of Korra. I could go on and on and on. Guys, he's he's Klaus, the fish on American Dad. That's what it is. Yeah, that's that, that that's like his most notable thing. Next, we have Mr. Bob Bergen, who is the current voice of both Tweety and Porky Pig for Looney Tunes. I think he also does Marvin the Martian as well. Bob Bergen, folks. If you ever want to watch a different kind of documentary, there's actually a great documentary called I Know That Voice that talks about most of these people. Really? Yeah. And it's just a fascinating little look into the world of voice acting. Mm. Bob Bergen's in it a lot. We have Bill Farmer. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Bill Farmer is actually most famous for being the voice of Goofy. But in this movie, he's also Sylvester the Cat, Yosemite Sam, and Foghorn Leghorn. Listen, We'll have things to say about Foghorn Leghorn? Uh yeah, we sure will. But like, anyway, going on. We also have Kath Soucie. She is a very recognizable voice. She's she's playing Lola Bunny in this movie. Oh goodness. She's on Dexter's Lab as well. She's the mom. Uh, she's also the voice of Betty DeVille in Rugrats and Phil and Lil. I personally love her as the voice of that little angel in The Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. Oh my God! <laughs> that she's being kept captive. Yes! By all the appliances <laughs> on Mars. <laughs> oh God. Okay, we need to start talking about this movie. Oh God damn it, I spent 30 minutes talking about the voices. Nothing you didn't want to do? I know, I'm so sorry. The reason I wanted to go over it is because I feel like voice actors don't get enough mention for their contributions in these projects. Well, we don't see their faces. Well, we don't see their faces. So it's like, well, you matter, but they matter, folks. Well, do you remember the credits to this opening sequence (laughs) where it's like, shoom, Michael Jordan. And then it doesn't say Billy West. It goes, shoom, Bugs Bunny. Bunny. (laughs) So like they're really not getting any recognition here. Yeah. All right, let's start talking about this. There's so much to get through and only so little time. We open in a flashback into Michael Jordan's childhood, the summer of 1973, set to I Believe I Can Fly by R. fucking Kelly. Okay, okay, here we go. So, first of all, here's what I want to say. We're what? using I, I Believe I Can Fly- in a setting of 1973. I don't remember when that song came out. It Not in 1973. This was the first time I've ever heard this song in its entirety. Which I cannot believe that. Like, I've always heard it parodied, joked about, like, we used to sing it in school as a joke yeah and like, I'm like, but also, I didn't realize it was by R. Kelly serial abuser R. Kelly. yeah, he can burn in hell, but I think the reason that they used it is because of Michael Jordan. like it was very popular at the time. It was very popular at the time, and I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of Michael Jordan playing the game. He's usually dunking air Jordan air Jordan, okay, yeah, yeah, now that we've overexplained the motif, you've seen the emblem. <laughs> Of him dunking with Th- the legs splayed and the arm outstretched with the ball. This is a cute little opening because I think it's important to prime the non-sports fans for exactly what a legend Michael Jordan is. It's something, I obviously before I saw this movie, I'd never even heard his name before. Mm. I didn't know who Michael Jordan was in 1996. And I love this little kid actor. He's shooting the ball outside his house in the middle of the night. This is where his father comes out and he's like, uh, Michael, it's midnight. You're making noise. <laughs> I want to play in North Carolina.
1: Now that's a real fine school. Real fine school. You can get a first class education there. I want to play on a championship team.
0: Then I want to play in the NBA. <laughs> They do the slow motion shot of the kid doing a layup and as it's happening, it's flashing back and forth to actual footage of grown-up Michael Jordan dunking shot after shot after shot. and slam if you want to jam. Work that body, work that body, you don't have to hurt nobody. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This gets me so pumped. <laughs> As a person who hates sports, this song makes me want to play sports. So like we said, the whole purpose of this movie is to fictionalize what happened to Michael Jordan between 93 and 95 when he returned to professional basketball. How do you just go from the Bulls to the White Sox like that? I don't know, man. We see him at a press conference telling everybody that he's going to step back from the game and officially retire. I think his father had died only a few years previous to this. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. His father was murdered? Yes, actually. He was murdered in Lumberton, North Carolina, which I've written missing person stories about Lumberton, North Carolina. Oh. Like, sorry if anybody lives in Lumberton, but it is a dangerous area. And his father's murder was solved. They did get the two kids that shot him. I think they were carjacking him. They wanted his Lexus. And that was part of the reason he said that he wanted to retire from basketball. He wanted to play baseball just like his dad. And I totally, totally get that. Now we have to talk about the planet known as Moron Mountain, which is in the 2D animated world. You might know it colloquially in the real world as Florida. (laughs) Oh, no. Sorry, Floridians. But we're not here to talk about Rob DeSantis. Ah, you're right. We're here to talk about Moron Mountain, which is a amusement park on this fictional planet that is run by the Danny DeVito character. And I love how you so lovingly referred to him as that walking phallus, Swackhammer. <laughs> <laughs> I've told you, if I've told you once, I told you a thousand, 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 thousand times. We need new attractions. Right? Huh? New ones.
1: Uh huh.
0: Get it? Big, shiny new things.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, sir.
0: He is a money-hungry jerk who's always got a stogie in his mouth, Mm. just desperate to find more attractions to make his stupid amusement park popular. His minions are these tiny little monsters that he gets to kick around and bully. They actually have a name. Did you know that the aliens had a name? I don't. They're called the Nerdlucks. Aw, I know. Leave nerds alone. 1996. But they never use the word nerd luck in the entire movie. That's just fun Pottermore material that we get. Yeah. <laughs> and the monsters also have names, but they're never referred to by their names. So for the purposes of this recording, we're just going to be calling them the orange one, the blue one, the green one, sure, etc. All right. <laughs> While pontificating about the fact that they need new attractions for this park, Swackhammer accidentally sits on the remote to this big wall of security monitors and manages to turn every single one of them simultaneously to Looney Tunes reruns. Who looks at the Looney Tunes and goes, That's my slave labor! And I I love it because he's like, You've got to get those tunes up here now. And I love the little blue alien. Just noticing, sir, they're from Earth. What if they can't come? What did you say? What if
1: they can't come? Make them.
0: Cool. Make them! This is where I have some questions about the general organization of this universe. Because we have the Earth, right? Where the humans live. Yes. That's 3D. But then the moment you go into space. It's 2D all of a sudden. And then the Looney Tune universe is like at the center of the earth. That I didn't get either, but you need to leave them alone. All right, okay. fine. Okay, all right. You need to leave these riders alone. Stop asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're developing a plan to kidnap the Looney Tunes and force them into slave labor. What the hell? We get some scenes with Michael Jordan playing baseball for a team that's called the Barons. I guess they didn't want to bring the Chicago White Sox into this. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Okay. (laughs) Michael is popular amongst his fellow baseball team members. Is it because he's Michael Jordan? Yeah, it's definitely because he's Michael Jordan. I thought so. Like, he's already a legend, so people are just happy to be in his presence. But he's not very good. I think a sportscaster later describes him as having, like, a tennis swing. So, like, the critics are being mean to him, and then the players are really nice to further his bad luck. Michael is assigned a new personal assistant by his publicist, Mr. Stan Podolak. Oh,
1: I'm a Stan Podolak. Mr. Jordan, I'm I'm the Baron's new publicist. <laughs>
0: I'm here to make your life easier. You want me to drive you somewhere? I will drive you anywhere. You want me to pick up your laundry? The babysit your kids? I will do it. Hi, Wayne. Wayne Knight is here everybody. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. He's annoying as shit, but he's he's a quirky addition to the plot. He's so funny. The publicist assigns Stan to be his new errand boy. Yeah. Anything he wants, Stan's going to get it for him. Get your food, wash your car, polish your knob, like whatever you want. (laughs) Oh my God. The aliens come to Earth in their spaceship and they smash through the Earth's crust and start boring to the center where they end up in Toontown. You know what? This is kind of it. I know I told you to leave the writers alone, but this is kind of an interesting conversation because if you think about it, In the live-action animated movies, Uh you do have the space where the tunes are and the space where reality is. And they seem to coexist simultaneously. Obviously, in this film, we're getting to Toontown or wherever it is we're going, the Toonverse. (laughs) Yeah. Through the middle of the earth. Exactly. If you'll remember, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit... They go down this gigantic tunnel Yeah. to get to Toontown. Exactly. Why is this as above, so below <laughs> for the tunes? Like, <laughs> I want the as above, so below movie poster, Yes. but like with inverted tunes that look very menacing. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and the caption, they're always underneath. Oh,
1: God!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Like, it's like you're digging a hole in the yard one day and it's just you hear the faint <laughs> When the aliens land, they're actually interrupting a cartoon in progress. Elmer Fudd is after Bugs Bunny again, his shtick. It's Wabbit season. And the aliens appear demanding to see Bugs Bunny because he's like kind of their leader, right? They're staring Bugs Bunny in the face and they don't know that it's him. What kind of system of governance do they have in the <laughs> Toonverse? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know, man, but I guess Bugs is their leader. He's like the unelected mayor of Toontown. Will
1: uh, say what's up, doc, like this? <laughs> eh. What's up, Doc? Yeah! <laughs> nope. Never heard of them
0: oh.
1: You know, maybe there is no intelligent life out there in the universe after all.
0: Here's the thing, these aliens may be tiny and puny. Yeah, these aliens probably stand as tall as a 32 ounce. <laughs> but the thing is, is that they have big ass laser guns. So they take Bugs at laser point and tell him to round up all his little cartoon buddies. And, like, he does it? Yeah. That's the other thing? Bugs kind of, like, just sells them out. (laughs) Because I don't think Bugs actually perceives them as a threat. I think he's kind of playing with them. He's just kind of nudging his friends and going, let's entertain this. Exactly. Well, Let's see where this goes. We cut back to Michael trying to give Stan the slip because Stan is all over him. Wouldn't you be? I mean, hmm. <laughs> Stop. Oh my god. You like you said, he is a fine looking man. He's and, a fine looking man. And he is very talented. Mm-hmm. Speaking of fine looking people, we're meeting his fictional family. His kids, Jeff, who's on a little league team. Jeff Jordan. Yes, Jeff Jordan. Uh Marcus. Marcus is the middle son. And then, oh my god, the little girl, the youngest. Jasmine. Precious little Jasmine. Jasmine. And his beautiful wife. Hell yes, Mrs. Jordan is here, everybody. That's her name. Hell yes, Mrs. Jordan. <laughs> Ooh, you're all covered with jewel baby. That's your dog. <laughs> What's with Jeff? Well, he went two for five and lost 32 points in his batting average. Yeah, so that puts him at like a 685 or something. He's batting what? Guess what the kids are watching. <laughs> Could it possibly be Looney Tunes? It's Looney Tunes. (laughs) It's like a Wiley Coyote Roadrunner cartoon. And, like, here's the thing Chuck Jones, who, if you don't know who that is, he was like the original think tank behind Looney Tunes. Chuck Jones, when he was alive, was not a fan of this movie because he said that it departed too much from the source material. And as much. Source material? (laughs) This is not an adaptation, sir. But here's the thing, even though I think he is kind of like a bah humbug about this, I also kind of get where he's coming from. Like, this cartoon they're watching on TV is some of the most that we get of those signature bits throughout the movie. Beyond that, everybody's just kind of participating in this theater of weird. I'm gonna write a movie about Lady Gaga, who helps Harry, Ron, and Hermione do a sing-off with the Slytherins. Dude, follow your dreams! No. I will throw money at that. <laughs> it's not a dream. As long as JK doesn't get a penny, I will throw money at that. It's impossible though. I know with that damn TM. <gasps> In the middle of this wily e. coyote Roadrunner cartoon, Porky Pig just shows up out of the clear blue sky for no reason. Stop this like, cartoon. <laughs>
1: We've got an emergency cartoon character, you need me to, get to go, too.
0: <laughs> hey, wait for me, wait for me, hold your horses. And guys, they just leave the cartoon. The frame is empty. Whoops. There's a background, nothing is happening, and I love how the kids are like, where'd they all go? <laughs> Bugs has gathered, like, all the toons at the town hall so that the monsters can explain to them what's going to happen. And Bugs starts working the old Bugs charm, saying, hold on, hold on, Doc. You can't just enslave us. You have to give us a chance to defend ourselves. And so the aliens are like, okay, you pick the battle. What are we going to do? So Bugs gets Elmer and Porky and Daffy and some other toons together. And they start brainstorming ideas for how to best defend themselves against the aliens.
1: We got a small race of invading aliens. Lost. Small arms. Short legs. Not belly fast. Tiny little guys. I can't jump high. Uh... We challenge you to a basketball game.
0: Alright, basketball it is. Basketball. And the aliens realize If they want to beat them in this game, they just have to find the right talent and steal it because they're aliens. They have that technology. What the hell? (laughs) The scene where they go to the professional game, I'm not really sure who's playing who in this professional game. There are five players on this court that they're going to single out and take their talent from them. First we have Charles Barkley, 6 foot 6, former power forward for the Phoenix Suns and the round mound of the rebound, <laughs> which I just some of them have nicknames that I just absolutely love. 1996 Charles Barkley, he's a fine looking man. Yeah. He's a fine looking man. Next we have Sean Paul the Stormin' Mormon Bradley. This man is enormous. Like, look at, like, think about Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley. They're both six foot six inches tall. And then this guy just towers over them. He's seven foot six, former center for the Philadelphia 76ers. Then we have Patrick Ewing. Standing at 6 feet 11 inches, former center for the New York Knicks. Hey, Patrick. Then we have Larry Johnson, 6 feet 7 inches, former power forward for the Charlotte Hornets and also the New York Knicks. So it could be the Suns versus the Knicks. I'm not really sure here. And then my favorite player, my favorite player that they steal talent from, Muggsy Bogues, the shortest man ever to play NBA basketball professionally. How tall do you think he is? Um,. He can't be that tall. He's pro- He's shorter than I am, I can tell you that. He's shorter than me, Ross. Oh, no. Standing at five feet, three inches, former point guard for the Charlotte Hornets, Muggsy Bogues. How did the man ever play professional ball. I don't know, man. I'm gonna have to go upstairs and look up some clips of his game. Can point guards be tiny? I don't know, man. We don't know sports. We don't know the sports ball. Because no. in my mind, a point guard is somebody who tries to guard the points from being shot by the big guys, right? I, I didn't even know that much. I don't know that I'm correct. <laughs> I'm guessing. There's so many Hoosiers right now who are like, oh my god. When the aliens are sneaking into the game in the trench coat. Oh my god. And they get sat down next to Patricia Heaton from Everybody Loves Raymond. She's Deborah from yes. Everybody Loves Raymond. She's Raymond's wife, and but like her supposed husband, air quote, is Dan Castellaneta, the voice of Homer Simpson and various other Simpsons characters. Sweetheart. What thought you're gonna get better seats this year? This is as good as I could get.
1: This guy next to me is doing something very weird in his raincoat. Honey, will you just let me watch the game? Barkley's killing us. Hey, someone's killing someone. Yeah, seriously. Wow, a killer. Let me see.
0: The orange nerd, luck, the, the the angry one with the Napoleon complex. He singles out Charles Barkley first. And like, I guess the way this happens is they just kind of turn into this purple primordial ooze and they like wiggle across the court. It's not okay. It's not. I don't like this scene where that ooze just goes up Charles Barkley's nostrils and comes back out. And he is a different person.
1: Wow. He did it. (laughs) I got it. I got his talent. Oh, wow. Wow. Super. Shut up, man. No, no, no. I'm playing too many minutes. let go.
0: All cool. of his hand-eye coordination is gone. And, like, it happens over and over again with all of the nerd lucks. They just pick out the player they want and they take their talent. And it's kind of hard to watch these guys who are supposed to be big deals in their sport suddenly pretend like they have no sense of hand-eye coordination. Some might call it bad acting. <laughs> But then again, they are not actors, and that's not why they're here. (laughs) We're not going to be hard on them about it. So, like, we've got five players who, for all intents and purposes, look like they've fallen ill. Yeah. Like, they're suddenly not able to play the game. It's so serious. Other basketball teams are refusing to play with them. They're afraid they're going to get some kind of pathogen that's going around. So we have Looney Tunes practicing on the basketball court. They're feeling pretty sure of themselves, you know. They think they're going to win the day. But then, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. The Nerdlucks show up, and they've got this duffel bag with them. And what they've done is they've put all of the talent that they stole into this Spalding basketball. And they take the basketball out of the bag, and they all touch it, we get this nightmarish sequence where it gets real dark all of a sudden, and all these tiny aliens are sprouting into these gigantic monsters. Think Scrappy-Doo. At the end of Scooby Doo, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Uh, the Spooky Island thing, yeah, yeah, that movie. They are now the monsters, which I, for all, I actually do kind of think that's funny. That, that, that is pretty good. Um, <laughs> you wrote, now it's really one-sided. <laughs> They are big, they are strong, and they are ugly. Which one's the scariest looking to you? Oh, God. Okay, it's the green one for me. I don't know why. There's something about when they transform. For some reason, he looks the scariest and like he would actually eat me. I'd honestly have to agree with you. For me, (laughs) it's the green one. You're not okay with the big one either. The big blue one? No. (laughs) No. Now the toons are really going to need some help. So we're going to kidnap Michael Jordan. Why? Why is this the plan? Why is this the plan? Because they were in that commercial together. (laughs) Remember the ad we talked about at the beginning? You know what? He knows him from the ad. (laughs) He's like, oh remember that Air Jordan ad we did, that ad campaign? Let's make a movie. (laughs) Oh my god. So now we're on the golf course and we are playing golf with Michael Jordan, Larry Bird and Bill Murray, who, as we said before, is playing himself in this movie. Also, Stan is here. Yeah, Stan is here. Stan, he can't shake Stan. Stan is like his shadow. Yeah, can't get rid of him. I also love how Bill's whole affect through this whole movie, he wants to play basketball really badly for some reason. He seems to think that if enough players get sick, that some owner will let him play on their team.
1: Come on, really. No. Don't kid me. Listen, it's a man's game. And you can't play. What if I tried really hard? Can you keep it down? I'm trying to hit this ball.
0: I think it's just funny because he wanted to be in this movie so bad. I could honestly do without him. <laughs> Bill takes a putt, Larry takes a putt, and now it's Michael's turn. He drives that ball all the way down the green, but he doesn't get as close to the cup as Bill or Larry. Because he's a basketball player. <laughs> they think the ball's going to stop moving, but uh-oh, wait a second. Because Bugs Bunny is just... Always under sports things, (laughs) like just under the surface. He's under the putting green and he's got a magnet pulling the ball closer and closer to the cup. Are golf balls made of metal? No. Then why? Then how is this thing magnetized? It's a loony tune. Tune magic. (laughs) Tune magic. Tune magic. (laughs) Something demonic about that tune magic.
1: Come on. It is alive.
0: My first hole-in-one. It is alive. (laughs) So we're going to take a nice picture of Michael Jordan getting his hole-in-one. Because I think it's his very first one. Probably, because he's a basketball player. (laughs) You cannot stress that enough. Anyway. He's reaching down into the hole to get the ball, and Stan has got a camera ready to take a shot. And then, before you can say that's all, folks... (laughs) Michael Jordan just disappears. Sucked into the ground. (laughs) Right into that hole. Right into the putting hole. And I like, nobody reacts. Nobody reacts. They just kind of stand there for a minute, (laughs) because if you witness that in real life, it's just one of those moments that's like, what? (laughs) That didn't happen. What? They are not McReady. No, Bill's the only one. Bill's looking at Stan like, what kind of camera is that?
1: (laughs) Could you not point that at me, please?
0: They just leave. They're the, like, hmm, that, you know what? That's not that unusual. <laughs> like, literally the shots of Bill Murray and Larry Bird walking back to the golf cart. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, he'll turn up. He'll <laughs> be okay. Then Stan is just peering into the hole. Michael, it, it's Stan. It's Stan
1: Podolak. Uh Look, I, I, I need you to come out now, okay? Because uh, you, you got a baseball game tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I'd be pretty stupid if you don't show up.
0: No one thought to call... the club manager? <laughs> no one thought to, I don't know, contact some authorities? And go, hey, something really weird just happened out here. Michael Jordan just got sucked into a putting green. <laughs> no, no, cause this is a Looney Tunes film.
1: Oh, uh, look out for that toy step, Doc. It's a real Lulu. Buck Bunny. Eh, uh, you were expecting maybe the Easter Bunny? You're a cartoon, you're not real. Not real, eh? If I weren't real, could I do this?
0: So Michael Jordan is now in the Toonverse. And he is not McReady! Yeah, I know! This is all just like, hey, what's up? Like, I'm just in a new part of town? Because this is, it's not like, it's not like Who Framed Roger Rabbit where the real world and the toon world just kind of coexist. Yeah. No one knows this is down here. And if they do, <laughs> it's a very well kept secret. Like, I would be questioning whether or not I was having a mental break. Like, oh my god, I gave up this successful basketball career and now I suck at baseball. Is this my bottom? <laughs> <laughs> so Bugs lays it all out for MJ. Why they've kidnapped him. Why? why they need his help it's like these aliens are going to enslave us uh,
1: what i'm trying to say is we need your help
0: yeah but my baseball player now
1: right and i'm a shakespearean actor
0: oh bugs the shade <laughs> i love bugs bunny like i don't i know that he's kind of a prick and then he <laughs> kind of, <laughs> and uh, he just kind of runs this town. But like, I he just... revels in chaos. <laughs> he does. He is a chaos agent, and I love it every single time. The tunes show Michael Jordan their facilities, <laughs> and it is uh, the definition of decrepit. It's a tip. <laughs> it is. It is run down, and this is the part where they all start spitting. And I, I have in my notes, Ross. Are you okay? The answer's no. <laughs> They all just spit all over this gymnasium and then Tasmanian Devil just buffer shines it. It's just such a what the fuck moment for me. <laughs> so the Monstars show up and they start talking what they call in basketball smack. Oh my god, when they, they literally take Michael Jordan, smash him into a basketball and start running his ass up and down the court. That would make me ready for anything. <laughs> I wonder what that feels like to be tuned. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do know what you mean. <laughs> like to suddenly be stretched out or something like that. Just have your personal understanding of physics be violated yes. to the nth degree. My physics have been violated. <laughs> oh my god. And then little Tweety Bird comes to his defense. He is not washed up. Michael's the greatest
1: ever. Shut up. Oh. 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 My poor Wilquanium. You okay? You're not. Sh- 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 Are you
0: Michael? (laughs) Let's play some basketball. So that's it. Michael's on the team now. We are fucking doing this. I mean we better be. We spent $80 million. Now we get Charles Barkley on the street. I got a real problem with this first scene because we're going into a little montage of how the players who had their talent stolen have been doing since they got their talent stolen. And I got a real problem with this first part because Charles Barkley is just walking down the street and he sees this group of girls playing a pickup basketball game. And I have never noticed that it's a team of girls. I don't know what I thought, maybe it was boys and girls, just boys, but no, it's just a team of girls. And he's like, Can I play with y'all? And they say, Yes, yeah, sure, man. You're Charles fucking Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> and they outdo him, obviously, because he they, has no talent. He has no talent. The aliens have it. Yeah. You're not Charles Barkley. Sing it's it out. a wannabe
1: who looks like him. Sorry. Break out.
0: Shouldn't even be here. Be gone! Wanna be? Be gone! So he's so bad at this that a team of girls can beat him? Yeah. Like, can y'all lay off black women and the WNBA in general, please? Just let people do things. Let let, let people aspire to things. Like, let's not make fun of the WNBA. Can we not make commentary on how it is inferior to be female? So the montage goes on. We see all of these basketball players moving through their performance issues. Some of them are getting, like, comprehensive body workups from medical professionals. They go to shrinks to get their brains poked. (laughs) And my personal favorite are all of the shots of Charles Barkley in the church making promises to God in exchange for his talent coming back. Yeah.
1: I'll never go out with Madonna again.
0: Cut back to Stan. Stan is still on the golf course, he's digging. For Michael Jordan <laughs> on the golf course. Just digging to the center of the earth. I love that. He's losing it. He is losing it. <laughs> he's like, where the fuck did you go? Because if he doesn't get Michael to this baseball game, he's going to be in trouble. <laughs> Out of a job. And I love that one guy, this one guy who's just trying to play through. And he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm fixing a divot. He's fixing a divot. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. Oh my God. All right. Are you ready to talk about the introduction of one of the most pointless Looney Tunes to have ever existed? She's literally just there to be a female counterpart to Bugs Bunny and Be Hot. But at the same time, we should not be sexualizing cartoons. (laughs) They're cartoons. (laughs) Ms. Lola Bunny is here, everybody. At least not cartoons for children. (laughs) We can sexualize cartoons if we want, but not for children. Bronies, I'm looking at you. Oh, don't even. (laughs) Don't. Mm -mm. Ms. Lola Bunny is here, everybody. She is not a tune that has ever appeared in a Looney Tune before. She was invented for this movie, kind of like how they invented Harley Quinn just for the Batman animated series, right? Yeah. Like she's kind of just here to be objectified and to be hot for Bugs Bunny. I'd like to try out for the team.
1: Hey. Hi, my name is Lola Bunny. Lola? <laughs>
0: yes? Hello, uh, my name is Bugs. <laughs> you were kind of right. They, I feel like they looked at this movie and they were like, there's no women in this whatsoever. And they're like, oh, well, he's already got a family. There's no romantic element here. So we're going to give Bugs the romantic element? I know. They're practicing basketball, trying to get the fundamentals down, which, by the way, if a sports person could tell me what the fundamentals are, (laughs) I would be really grateful. Everybody's always talking about the fundamentals (laughs) and how important it is to have them. Michael's like, I can't practice like this. I don't have any of my gear, none of my equipment. I need you all to go back to the surface and get it for me. They brought him down here wearing golf shoes. Yeah. For crying out loud. We're not geared up for basketball. <laughs> so he sends Daffy and Bugs back to the real world to get his shoes and and his shorts. I learned something about Michael Jordan. I mean, I learned a lot about Michael Jordan, but this was one of the most interesting things I came across in my research. He wore his UNC Tar Heels basketball shorts underneath his Chicago Bull shorts every single game. It was like his good luck charm. He can't play without them. So they've got to go back to the real world to get the Tar Heel shorts and the Air Jordans. One of my favorite things about this scene when they're looking through the house for the gear, they're, they're looking at all the kids' toys and Bugs turns to Daffy and he's like,
1: Speaking of toys, you know all those mugs and uh, T-shirts and lunch boxes with our pictures on them? Yeah? you were uh, ever see any money from all that stuff? <laughs> not a cent. Hmm, me need it.
0: <sighs> it's a crying shame. We gotta get new agents. We're getting screwed. They find the shoes all right, but they have to get the UNC shorts, which are being guarded by the family bulldog for some reason, which I shit you not, Ross. In this movie, the Jordan's family bulldog is named Charles Barkley. That's so fucking funny to me. And I don't know if that's a joke about Jordan and Barkley having beef, because I know they were also friends. So, like, I don't know... I don't know what we're making fun of here exactly. I found the shorts. The pain... Because they're being so noisy, because they're Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, they've woken up the kids. We've woken the children. And the kids come in, they get the shorts away from the dog, and this is where the tunes just kind of level with them. Well, uh, you see, the Looney Tunes have a big basketball
1: game coming up, and uh, your dad's gonna play. Oh, right! Yeah!
0: But don't tell anybody. This is an intrusion. <laughs> You mean they've broken an entering? They've broken an entering like and these kids are just like, "All right, there's these live ass cartoons in our house." <laughs> they just They just accept it because they're kids and there's something beautiful, but yet off-putting about that. When Daffy and Bugs get back to the golf course where they came out, Stan is still there, still digging. (laughs) Standing in the middle of this gigantic, it's like a meteor hit the golf course. It's in the (laughs) middle of this crater and he's like, I give up. (laughs) I don't know where he is. I don't know where he is or where he went. And, like, he sees Bugs and Daffy go through the hole and back down to Toontown. As if it, was, as if his day had not been crazy enough already. <laughs> he dug a huge hole in the middle of a golf course and then saw two cartoons walk by and go down into another hole. So I have a question. Because, obviously, Michael got to Toontown with the Toons' help, right? Exactly. I want to know... How Stan, round and beautiful Stan, managed to cram himself into a hole in the ground and tunnel all the way to Toontown. Because here's the thing. They're practicing in Toontown. They're practicing on their little gymnasium court. And like, here comes Michael. There's this scene where he walks in, in his gear, and he's ready to practice. But then Stan is literally standing behind him, clapping for him.
1: What are you doing here?
0: I I gotta take you back. You got baseball practice. Practice. I can't.
1: I'm helping my friends in their basketball game. Uh, Michael, do you know that your friends are cartoon characters? Yeah. So? Huh? No. doesn't bother you. It doesn't bother me.
0: <laughs> like, he's just prepared to stay there and babysit Michael until it's time to go back to the baseball game. I think maybe he thinks this is a stress dream. <laughs> he spent all day digging. And he's lost his marbles a little bit. (laughs) And I think where he saw Daffy and Bugs walk by, Uh I think he thinks his brain just kind of followed that thought pattern. (laughs) And this is where he's ended up. He's just passed out in that crater. Yeah, he thinks he's asleep at the bottom of that crater. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we have arrived at the night of the big game, y'all. Pump, pump it up a little more. However that song goes, I don't remember. Pump, up the fun, No, 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 no. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> they have officially named their basketball team the Toon Squad. I love the Joysies! Oh god, what I wouldn't give to own a Toon Squad jersey. Those got drawn up quick. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> They got merchandising on that quick. Swackhammer, the lord of Moron Mountain, is in this packed arena with everybody getting ready to watch this game. So, um, uh, we get started. Not going well, predictably, (laughs) at first. Like, Michael is doing most of the heavy lifting here. All the Monstars have to do is get possession of the ball and practically walk it to the other end of the court and score. As we expected. (laughs) Yeah. And like the tunes are really taking some abuse here. Oh, I forgot about Foghorn. Oh, Foghorn Leghorn, the animated microaggression of his time. He's just dribbling down the court singing I wish I was in the land of cotton. Do you remember the look I gave you? Yes! Because I haven't seen this movie since (laughs) I was a kid. And he's dribbling the ball going, oh, I wish I was in the land of cotton all the time's there or not. Forgo- and I'm like, you're singing the Confederate National Anthem? Uh, <laughs> and that green monstar breathes fire on him. I wish
1: I was in the land of God. Where? Going somewhere. May I remind you, sir, that physical violence is faithless. Yeah. Did you order original recipe or extra crispy? <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is definitely the definition of one sided. The Monstar score keeps going up and up. And by the time we reach halftime, we get this shot of all the tunes on the bench. <laughs> and they're all. Laid up, injured in one form or another. <laughs> I love Foghorn Leghorn, you're right. He's just turned into a chicken, <laughs> into just, a fried chicken. Just a bucket of chicken. <laughs> oh my like... God, little Tweety's in an iron lung. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh... The Monstars are in the locker room at halftime. I'm not really sure why Stan is in their locker room. I don't know if he was in there and heard them coming and decided he needed to hide. I, I don't know if he Honey. went- what? Leave the writers alone. Shut up! He's there because he needs to be, okay? Regardless, <laughs> he's hiding in a locker. Not bad for the first half, but we gotta keep this up. Hey, no problem. We stole the yeah, game. We stole the
1: bandwalks from the best players in the NBA. the <laughs> uh, <Charles laughs> and it was a little uh 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 grandma. was it Larry Johnson? Shut
0: up! And so, after they find him and burn him to a crisp, he goes back to the Toon Squad locker room and tells them what he's heard. Thank you, my Wayne Knight in shining armor. Aww, you're fire! You should. I deserve it. <laughs> it was great, guys. Great doing it. While Michael is delivering a less-than-rousing locker room pep talk... Bugs is cooking up a plan of his own. He's taken a water bottle and filled it with ordinary tap water and slapped a handwritten label on it that says Michael's Secret Stuff. This is liquid luck, Ross. You ever seen uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince? Well, there's a lovely scene in which they make in potions class Felix Felicis, which is literally, as you just said, liquid luck. The potion is supposed to give you exponentially good luck for the rest of the day. And I think Harry gives it to Ron for a Quidditch match. He doesn't Really give it to him though. He makes him think he took it. Exactly. It's a placebo effect. That's exactly what we're doing here. Uh, great speech and all, Doc. Uh, you had him riveted. But uh, didn't
1: you forget something? What? Your secret stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Whoa. Nice deltoids. Play along. So now the toons are gearing up with this ordinary tap water that they go out there like they're a bunch of roided up college seniors and start killing it on the court. They're not just using their quote skills but they're using toon magic too. Like they basically cheat. I'm sorry. No like they're blowing up the net with dynamite zipping by on scooters there's a Pulp Fiction reference in this movie for some friggin reason like the mon- one of the monsters looks down and it's just Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam dressed as John Travolta and Sam Jackson's characters. It, it was 96. The movie was hot. It had been out for two years. But, like, could you imagine if Pulp Fiction starred Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam? I'd probably watch the whole thing. What in tarnation? Say what again? I double doggone dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more gosh darn time. <laughs> <laughs> or, <laughs> or even Porky. Does he look like a bitch? So. We're at 66 to 64, Monstars. Swackhammer calls a timeout, and this is where he starts dragging the Monstars for not getting Michael Jordan's talent. You took all the other bozos, but not this guy? And they're like, well, he's a baseball player, boss. I don't know, man. I don't know if Michael is just over this at this point or if he's just sick of this guy talking smack, but he walks over to him on the court and he raises the fucking stakes. If we win... You
1: get the NBA players the talent back. But what if we win? If you win, uh-huh. you get me. Good deal, boss.
0: I like to dark. You think that's a good idea? It makes me sad to think about Michael Jordan. Enslaved I, on Moron Mountain. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, when they do the animation of what they're going to do to him, like make him sign autographs all day. Yeah. And he's got to play with the fans and you'll always lose. Oh. Uh, I know. Uh, Big fucking balls for Michael Jordan raising the stakes like that. Big fucking balls. (laughs) (laughs) When the timeout is over, the Monstars start playing really rough. (laughs) Like they're trying to kill them. And despite their best efforts, like you said, a lot of the tunes are already hurt and continue to get hurt during play. With so many people out of commission, Michael suddenly needs a fifth player. And this is where Stan, who's been sitting on the bench this whole time, just waiting to be called on so eagerly. You know, Stan, sweet little rotund, eager Stan. I think he still thinks he's in a fever dream. I know! He's like, put me in, coach. Put me in. And so <laughs> Michael has no choice. He's got to send him out there or they'll get disqualified. To his credit, he does manage to score a goal before the Monstars completely flatten him. Stan caked. Oh no! I like that! Stan The Stan's a pancake. They just standcake him in the middle of the court. <laughs> and that whole CGI sequence... Where the Toon paramedics stick a hose in his mouth and, like, blow him up Aunt Marge style? Wayne Knight has never looked more graceful. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> so they carry Stan away. Stan's out of commission. Well, we still need a fifth. And guys, <laughs> who the f- fuck is here <laughs> pardon my language guys i'm sorry but guess who's here bill murray bill murray's here whoa whoa
1: whoa i didn't know dan Aykroyd was in this picture hey perhaps i could be of some assistance
0: I hate you in Space Jam, Bill Murray. I think it's so great. I love you in other things. (laughs) I hate you here. He's just like, I'm Bill Murray and I want to be in this scene. I hate Bill Murray in Space Jam and Little Shop of Horrors. (laughs) Oh my God. If you know, you know. Don't even. Okay. Don't even. We'll save it. Anyway, Bill gets introduced as the fifth player and then Swackhammer, this is my favorite line in the whole movie, he stands up and goes, what? I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was in this picture. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. Oh. I like the thought of Bill Murray constantly getting mistaken for Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> yeah. Now, which Ghostbuster is he? <laughs> With ten seconds on the clock, by the grace of our deity Bill Murray, we managed to retake possession of the ball and pass it to Michael and Michael's gonna make one of his famous dunk shots, right? We've put a toony spin on this dunk because two of the Monstars like grab him in the middle of the air. His royal airness is going in for a dunk and they grab him. And guys, I don't even know where to start with how disturbing this looks (laughs) because Michael Jordan, his real arm, starts stretching out like taffy, reaching towards the net. Dunks the ball, and the Toon Squad wins! Swaghammer loses his shit. He immediately is in the Monstar's face. Like, you guys are literally big dudes. Why didn't you get this taken care of? And Michael comes over. All right, the party's over. Get in the spaceship. Why you
1: take it from this guy? Because he's bigger. He's, he's
0: bigger, bigger than we used to be. Wind. What are you doing? <laughs> hey. Yeah, and they're like, oh, we could have kicked his ass the whole time. You see it happen behind their eyes. They're like, oh shit, it's time for payback. Yeah. So they literally strap a rocket cap to Swackhammer's head and blow him back to Moron Mountain. Bye. Never (laughs) needed ya. Bye bye The aliens are true to their word. It's now time for them to return the talent to the various NBA players. They all touch that basketball and the talent goes back into the basketball and now they're so ugly, they're cute again. You, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, I love them. They're like, um, Bugs, we really don't want to go back to Moron Mountain and be enslaved. Um, I was thinking, could we stay here with you? Please. Oh, brother.
1: I don't know if you guys are loony enough.
0: Loony enough? It's like, are you toony enough? And they're like, are you kidding? I love it. Remember that baseball game that Stan was trying to get Michael Jordan to like (laughs) the whole time? TikTok, is it about time for that? It's about time for that. So the aliens let Michael use the spaceship to get back to the baseball game. I don't get this. They went under the ground. How are they coming back from the air? He makes quite the entrance at this baseball game. Like, the biggest. Like, literally, everybody's standing around looking at the watch they don't have on. Like, where is Michael? And the spaceship just lands in the middle of the field. Ladies time and
1: time gentlemen! Day. Michael Jordan! I
0: I don't know if this was before or after the war of 1996. <laughs> oh my god. this you... before or after the events of Independence Day? <laughs> Could you imagine if the Independence Day aliens were just these assholes? Oh no. <laughs> and then we're wrapping up the movie. Michael finds all of the basketball players and gives them their talent back. And then the movie ends with Michael's return to basketball. He's right back on the Chicago Bulls, where he was before. It's that easy. (laughs) I love it. Larry Bird and Bill Murray are in the stands, and Bill is, like, misty behind the eyes. What's the matter, Bill?
1: Larry, that could have been me. We get off that kick. It's over. It's done You can't play.
0: Let's go, gun. That is the end of one of the craziest fever dream movies I have ever encountered. When I think about how, if Michael Jordan had not left basketball (laughs) for baseball and then come back to basketball, two years later, we wouldn't have this movie. So I guess we have him to thank for this. Thanks, Michael Jordan. And the people who made the ad campaign for Hair Jordan. Because never forget, folks, this entire movie is predicated on an ad campaign. You inspired a room full of producers to throw $80 million (laughs) at putting Michael Jordan on the big screen with the Looney Tunes. And you know, bud, this movie made such a crazy amount of money, they weren't going to stop here. You're kidding. Oh my god, bud, the amount of potential sequels that got conceptualized before they were eventually tanked Allow me to read them to you. Oh no, I'm- I'm- I'm looking and oh my god. <laughs> Go ahead. We have Race Jam, which was going to be a movie about NASCAR racing with Jeff Gordon. I honestly probably would have seen it. I know! Uh... <laughs> I used to love Jeff Gordon as a kid, but now I couldn't give a shit about racing. <laughs> and then we had Skate Jam with Tony Hawk. Which honestly, maybe would have seen it. Like, uh, I honestly probably would have seen it too. I want to watch Tony Hawk be stupid with the Looney Tunes. <laughs> then Spy Jam, which was going to be a movie with Jackie Chan. I honestly probably wouldn't have seen it. Why? I just, I'm not. I, I don't know. You I'm draw not, the line, Jackie Chan, for I'm, some reason. I'm not big on spy thrillers. Looney <laughs> Tunes and spy thrillers. I love how you just described that potential movie as a spy thriller. <laughs> Well, you did kind of get your spy thriller, didn't you? Looney Tunes back in action. Yeah, I don't need Spy Jam. I have Looney Tunes back in action. Oh, God. And then there was another movie that they didn't actually end up naming. I guess it would have been called Golf Jam. With Tiger Woods? Yes. Okay. I'm glad that didn't happen. You're right. I'm glad that we didn't get all of those ridiculous sequels, and now we just have the LeBron James movie to look forward to. See, I am looking forward to that. I hope that it's just as whack. I do too! I hope that it's just as whack as this because. Oh my God, Carrie. <laughs> when I say I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid, I meant it. <laughs> And just, it all came back to you today. And and I'm just like, I can't believe we used to get nuts for this. (laughs) When dad would go, you want to rent Space Jam? And then he'd go to the Blockbuster and get Space Jam. And we'd be like, hell yes. Yeah. Because you know what I think I was really the most excited for? What? The popcorn and cookies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It makes a lot of sense to me that dad would constantly suggest this movie to rent because like it combines two things that we both actually enjoy. Yeah. Like we're the little kids that like the Looney Tunes and he's the big man who likes the sports ball. <laughs> And he could actually understand the humor in this kid's movie. on oh, and that way the generations can relate and view and enjoy together. Aww. Oh, isn't that great? <laughs> How schmaltzy <laughs> over this ad campaign feature film. All right, folks, that's it for Space Jam. That was good. It was all right. It was good. It was all right. (laughs) Well, I know you're excited because as we said in the last episode, I think we hit like three movies in a row that I have seen, but you haven't. And uh, you're looking for a little payback, aren't you? I am looking for some payback. Uh, We're going to do maybe a few films that maybe you haven't seen, but that I have. Guys, I hate to bring the note down. <laughs> um next week we're going to be covering kind of a serious film. Like it's not that serious. Like it's we, serious in the now time. Like it's the, guys, our next selection for kicking and streaming is going to be very pertinent to the times we live in. And you wanted to do this movie last March, and I said no. Because, yeah, it was too real. It was too real, and I understand that. But now it's been too real for too long. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to work through some of our feelings. Next week, guys, we're going to be covering the 2011 Steven Soderbergh thriller, Contagion. Yeah, guys, we are going to be looking at an outbreak in progress. (laughs) In the meantime, (laughs) so guys, yeah, we're going to be talking about some serious things. We're going to have some serious coverage next week, but we hope you come back for it. Maybe we'll work through some feelings together. Yeah, let's all, let's all just have a little, you know, reflective cry. Yeah. <laughs> In the meantime, you can go follow us on Twitter at kick and stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kicking and streaming podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. Be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet. We want everyone to be able to join our little watch party. Guys, I'm seeing a lot more engagement from folks that's excellent when you engage when you retweet when you leave us a review it increases the chances that someone else will find us and decide that for some reason they enjoy listening to us talk yeah and we want to share our content with you and hopefully start a meaningful conversation about maybe some of the films that screwed you up when you were a child <laughs> we're all in this together yeah, folks absolutely more quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming until then I'm Carrie I'm us. And as always, sorry, Mom. Mom.